With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're great. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every single day. Every single day from sunny Southern California. Welcome in. And of course, we are uh, live at the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com, where we get their unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hash protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com. It's the way that tire buying should be. Oh, that was fun. That was a fun night of sports. And uh, I thought, you know, worked out great in the, you, you don't have them at the same location, unlike the Final Four. Uh, one, you, you can't if you have grass surfaces because the field gets torn up. But two, um, you know, you make more money, obviously, this way. And because the West Coast one ended earlier, but it was in overtime. There wasn't the long delay in between. You're like, man, I can't wait. That next game was up and going, and it came really down to the wire as well. It was an epic matchup of great uniforms in the Alabama-Michigan game. And uh, I thought Texas showed a lot more fight. They could have laid down. I thought Washington kind of held on for dear life. I didn't love their clock management at the end of the game even though I love Michael Penix Jr. and that coaching staff does an amazing job. And Dan and I were one and one. I picked Michigan and Texas yesterday in the Dan Patrick show. He picked Alabama and Washington yesterday. So we we split yesterday. There's no blood at all. I, I think so many of these things are like comical to me. Comical. I'll give you one thing that's comical to me. I go... Nick Saban slayed by John Har- uh, by Jim Harbaugh. Like, look, I thought I thought Michigan was the better team all along. They have the better quarterback in terms of throwing a football, but the game did go overtime, correct? So they played an entire game, and let's be honest, Michigan had to forge an incredible comeback just to tie the game. Now, can you say that Michigan played? Tight, diamonds in the cold, tight like Cameron uh, from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. 
Is that too dated a reference? I said to somebody, Ferris Bueller's Day Off yesterday, like, mm, I've seen it once. Like, really? John Hughes movies should be must-watches. You need to watch all of them. From Beethoven to 16 Candles to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and Uncle, Uncle Buck and, of course, Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Anyway, weird science as well. Underrated. Point is this, Michigan was tight. It's the only explanation for how could you possibly be that bad on special teams play when their special teams have been good all year. And as much as Alabama had limitations throwing a football and Bill O'Brien seemed like he's right, this whole like they were way better, I don't know. They played an entire game and the score at the end of that entire game was 2020. And then they had to play overtime. And it allows me to go into this rant, which I have in my back pocket. I think I'll pull out. College overtime sucks. I'm not saying it's not exciting. Totally exciting. But, and in some ways equitable because both teams get the ball from the 25-yard line. But it's a 100-yard field, right? It's one, one, what is it, 120 by 50. That's the official length of it, 120 by 50. And yet, for overtime, 75 yards don't matter. Don't matter. Kick returns, punt returns, punt returns, which were a disaster for Michigan yesterday, don't matter. And my point is not that it's not fun and exciting. It is. But it's not necessarily an indicator. And when you want to decide a champion, shouldn't both teams get the football with a chance to go length of the field or just play another quarter of football? Right? And then you have to go for two. So that's like, hey, once you go to overtime, guys, you have to take three-point shots and only three-point shots. That doesn't make sense to me. Regardless of which, two really close football games. And what we thought was true becomes true. It doesn't matter if it's more perception than reality, but we thought the SEC is a little down this year. And why is it a little down? I I don't think it's overall talent. I think it's down for the same reason that Alabama didn't win that game. Because of the quarterback. The evening of the playing field in college football, which it won't really be even. But the reason that Oregon State suddenly was able to compete in the Pac-12. Now, I thought Oregon State's offensive line was good. I thought Jonathan Smith, who's now since left and gone to Michigan State, I think he's a good coach. But let's be honest. They had DJ Ungalele, who transferred in from Clemson. Why was Oregon so good? Like, Oregon's been good for a while, but you put a, is he fifth or sixth-year senior who started as a freshman at Auburn at quarterback? And look at Washington. Caleb DeBoer's good, very good coach. They have excellent wide receivers. They have a good defense. They have a good offense line. But they also have a 24-year-old star as a quarterback. Whereas the SEC, you know, you're re- you're replacing a 25-year-old in Stetson Bennett at Georgia with a guy who's not bad. And they got beat. Alabama, Jaden Milrow, Milrow, he's just a guy. Good athlete. Good human. Solid, a very, very, very good competitor. Below average thrower. Right. Who is better at the quarterback position? J.J. McCarthy's a better quarterback. Alabama's a little bit down. So what do we have here in terms of the competitive balance of college football? 
there, there are going to be fewer teams that can truly compete. There have always been few teams. But at the top, I think that is actually a deeper pool. I actually think I was, I was always an 18 playoff guy. Because back when you had five leagues, you take the five conference champions, you take the three best other teams, and you play them together and you play eight teams. It's not that hard. But I, I don't mind the 12. It's fine because the top seeds get a bye. It's whatever. But it really plays well into this era in college football where there's an overall dominance in the top. The top is way better than the middle. Way better than the middle. But there's more teams at the top than there have been because if you want to spend the money, you can go buy an experienced veteran quarterback who elevates your team above their normal level. And you're like, that's not true. Feel free. Go ahead. Pick it apart. That's the difference. That's the difference between Oregon now and Oregon in previous years. The Lions been good. They, they went and they got a, a guy who's a tremendous quarterback and he stayed there. But I had I, I enjoyed last night thoroughly. Uh, there's new calls now to have, what is it, to have the Rose Bowl be the site of all the national championship games. That's one of those great emotional pitches that is probably right in theory, in practice, it will never happen. Because you know where they're going to have it, right? Most They're going to have it Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. Once they have it in Vegas, be like, why did we, why are we so in love with the sunset on the San Gabriel Mountains? And then, you know, you got to throw a bone to New Orleans because that place is cool. Atlanta, because they love football and it's a cool stadium, I guess. I could do without Atlanta. It's not that I don't like Atlanta, but I don't understand the infatuation with big offense in Atlanta. That one doesn't, other than they really do care there. And it's a great stadium, great football, but who cares? We're having the national championship game in Houston. Why? Because Texas is big in football? Like, eh. Again, in theory, great. In practice, no chance. Yes, uh, Dan Byer. You know, it's going to be interesting with the 12-team playoff, and we kind of had this in, in seeing in some of the conference championship games, but not all, is the amount of travel it's going to uh, take for fans. Fans. Incre- impossible. Yes. Think, think about it. You, you know, Okay, I'll tell you what will be hurt the most. Conference championship games, why would you go? Yep. Unless you can drive. Agreed. Okay? And then the, the teams that play in the first round, like you got to balance out. This is like the NCAA tournament. And the other thing that's hurt, I agree. Because remember, their teams are going to have to play three rounds. And like, okay, well, I'm not made of money. I want to go to the <laughs> first know. game, but what if my team I, wins the next game? Then I can't go. I thought the same thing just of last night, because it was different with Texas, but Washington fans. Think of how much New Year's in New Orleans probably costs. I, I, had, I have great friends, the Nutters, who live in Florida. Uh, they... Uh, uh, and Angie Nutter is a UW alum, and she went. She had a great time, and I was like, "You go to the championship game." She's like, "I am not made of money. Yeah, can't do it." Like we had great New Orleans, we won, awesome. I'll watch the championship game on TV, and I'd love. She'd love to go. It's, now you you could technically drive from New Orleans to Houston, but yeah, people have jobs. Yeah, although this is a week in which <laughs> a lot of people aren't working, maybe you know. But you have jobs a lot of and you have are, lives, though. and yeah. it's expensive. Like, am I going to stay in a hotel for a week? And truly, it's just one week. And then you just had a vacation, so yeah, you're gonna just be there for a Monday night game and fly out. Is that? Yeah, it just isn't. It's not. It's not a great 
situation for fans to try to figure out where to go and what to do. I do wish it was at the Rose Bowl every year. I think the Rose Bowl is iconic. It's beautiful. It's magical. It's uh, over 100 years old. And what we've done with the conference realignment is essentially uh, render the Rose Bowl just like any other football stadium, which sucks. I just, again, we all know how this works. You can't generate the revenue that they want. And this thing is just about money. And if we can make it look like we care about the sport, cool. It's just about money. And the Vegas thing, I mean, like, let's also be honest, like, SoFi is amazing. It's, you know, 30 minutes from the Rose Bowl, it's amazing. And if you sit there and go like, hey, we go to the Rose Bowl and it looks really, really cool. It smells, it tastes, it feels like a college football championship. Or we can make twice the money and do it at SoFi down the street where it's an amazing stadium. It's artificial turf. It's a little bit sterile, but it's great. Wait, we can make twice the money. What do we think? You know? Yeah. Well, when they headed to the Bay Area, when Clemson beat Alabama, it was a complete failure. Oh, you can't do Bay Area. No, no, you can't. L.A. is the only place you can do. L.A. and Vegas are the only. I don't even like Phoenix for it. I, I even thought last year, you know, I went to the and the game did not help things. When it's sixty-five to seven, it does does not help things. It's so far, it rained yeah. out, yeah, it rained here. It was, it was weird. But you just think of like the ticket prices that I've seen. If Alabama and Texas would have played, it was the hottest ticket in Houston. Like that's the perfect spot maybe to have that game because you do kind of have a home field advantage. Then you have another fan base that's ready to carry it. But now I've seen ticket prices dropping significantly because of these two fan bases. Um, to have it in the one spot, I think, would alleviate that. Sure, in some places you get a dream matchup, but in other spots you get clunkers. If you did have it at the Rose Bowl, yep. at least it would always be the destination. I or agree. Las Vegas. I, I agree, or, and it's also why the it's – it's okay, so the upside to the, the, upside to the uh, doing it at two different sites is that and, – and you just can't do it as – quickly together as college basketball does, but the one site allows you to stay there. Right. And you have all four fan bases. You just, but there's, I mean, the, the money that they're making is so obscene. So obscene. Now LA is the one place that you could do once I do one at the Rose bowl and one at SoFi and then the championship, I guess at the Rose bowl again, or you could do Vegas. They just won't do that. They're going to move it around the country. And I'm sure at some point they'll play one in Detroit just because we just do that. Let's give it to Detroit. Why? Like, I don't know. We feel bad because it used to be a cool city. I know that's a joke. However, because of the cold weather situations, that's part of the scenarios for, say, a Michigan or an Ohio State where they would get to play a quarterfinal game either at Ford Field, at Lucas Oil, because they wouldn't have them at the big house or have them at, at the horseshoe, you may put them in one of those facilities. They wouldn't have them in cold weather? No. They're, they, they've they talked about possibly... Why? That's football. I know. I, I get it. Football. I understand like, it. Like, I'm doing a game uh, Saturday, Ohio State versus Indiana. And I'm like, I'm supposed to travel back Sunday, but like... What if I went to Green Bay? I've never been to a football game. They play the Bears, last game of the year. Going to be freezing cold, right? Like, that just, I've never, that's that's a football game. Mm -hmm. And I've been to lots of sporting events, lots of them. Super Bowls, World Series, All-Star Games, baseball, basketball, football. And as if you listen to the show, you know, like, we actually go to the games. Some shows, they just watch things on TV. We go to the games. I haven't done that. 
And my point is, like, that's just a completely different feel. Completely get, different. Yeah, they, I think they want it. That has been talked about. I was saying, I don't know if you can. I, I know that that has been the case. I that they have looked at, and it's just for those spots in the Midwest where weather could be. But Detroit, even you know, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota could have been an option. Well, the problem that with that for is an though, Iowa like, if, if top you do, eight like, team, like Texas, Austin's probably far enough south. Yeah. But other schools in the South, you can get ice this time of year. Sure. And it's nasty. It was, you remember from the Super Bowl, right, when it was in Dallas. Yeah. You get ice. And it doesn't. Ice is way worse than any snow ever. Ever, ever. But I did enjoy last night. A um, couple things. And this is a big thing. Please stop with the, well, you know, you mean the Florida State couldn't have done that with their quarterback? No. They couldn't. Milrow is not a good thrower. Okay? He throws a nice deep ball. He obviously fourth and 31 against Auburn, but he's not. Part of it is he's playing against an elite defense. And I'm not using the bowl game. I understand that nobody played in the bowl game. But Florida State, your quarterback sucked. Okay? Sorry, you lost your star. Your backups weren't good enough. That's why they're leaving because everybody knows they're never going to play there. They're just not good enough. That's the reality. So we're like, oh, Alabama lost. The committee got it wrong. Like, it went to overtime. Texas lost to Oklahoma. They shouldn't have been in. Florida State should have been in or Georgia or Oregon. Like, they had the ball with a chance to win the game. The ball was in the air. Guy was kind of open in the end zone, and he couldn't elevate. The defensive back who kind of used him as a ladder did elevate. It's like, are we... One, you can't really use results to make you determine. But two, if you're going to use results or gameplay, Alabama went to overtime. You can't get any closer than overtime. I guess double or triple overtime is the only closer you think you can get. They were they got stopped at the three-yard line. Three-yard line. So let's stop with that. I'm doing my victory lap over Jim Harbaugh because back when it was bad, and Clay Travis and so many other people are like, get rid of Jim Harbaugh. He's like, okay, now what? Uh, and Bill O'Brien was right about Milrow. Can't throw. Not really a quarterback, especially long-term NFL future. Probably quarterback, not really. And uh, congrats to the Pac-12. The very last year of the Pac-12, they finally break through. <laughs> right? And as a Big 12 guy, still fun to watch Texas lose. I like that Texas team. Still fun to watch them lose. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the TyRack.com studios. TyRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TyRack.com. It's the way tire buying should be. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome in. Um, I find this to be interesting. Uh, Bill Belichick was asked on his local radio hit this morning about his future with the New England Patriots. Take a listen. Whatever success I have had, I've tried to go about my job the same way every week. Win, lose, good years, bad years, whatever they are, you know, just each week. Get ready to go for that week. Do the best you can to help your team win. And after that game, move on to the next one. And at the end of the season, that's the end of the season. But on a week-to-week basis, I mean, I don't want to spend time or get caught up in, you know, what happened five years ago or what's going to happen two years from now or, you know, I mean, a bunch of other random stuff. So just working on the Jets. Yeah, I'm committed to the team that I'm coaching right now. The players that are here, they deserve my best every day, and that's what I'm going to give them. That's uh, Bill Belichick, who's, let's just be honest, the greatest coach ever in the history of football. The greatest coach ever in the history of football. You cannot have the level of sustained success and excellence that they have. Like, oh, Tom Brady. Like, again, we're telling the story now from the perspective of now. Buyer, Stu, we're all old enough. Tom Brady was not Tom Brady in the early years of the Super Bowl championships. Okay? He evolved into this greatest of all time. And it I've, I've said this, the most underrated part about the whole Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era is that somebody convinced Tom Brady to take less than top dollar for a long enough period of time where they always had some money to get guys off the street and they, they figured it out. They figured it out. They would get, they got Junior Seau who was washed up with the Chargers. Do we remember that? 
Like, people forget Junior Seau. Didn't he go to the Dolphins first? I want to say Junior went to the Dolphins first. And people are like, Junior Seau's washed up. He comes there. Corey Dillon won a Super Bowl as a running back. He was a pain in the ass in Cincinnati. Talented pain in the ass. Comes there, fits in. Troy Bound playing both ways, offense and defense. Like, look, Tom Brady's awesome. Bill Belichick, also awesome. And I've said that the, the ultimate downfall of, of the Patriots, honestly, was the year in which they went 7-9 and nine after Tom Brady left. Because if in that year, they bottom out. Hey, if in that year they bottom out, how different is their football team with where they draft? Because the next year they spent more money than anybody to fix the defense and they went to the playoffs, but they're forever hindered by the quarterback, right? I mean, these things aren't that hard to look up, you know, go back a couple of years ago. 2021, that's the the very next draft after the COVID year when they had eight opt-outs and they lost Tom Brady and they were badly over the cap. Anybody else who either can't coach or any normal coach, that team wins three games. Okay, go back and look. They won three games where Cam Newton threw for less than 100 yards. Like, I actually, I love this colorful Cam Newton. I respect some of his opinions. This whole idea that he doesn't play in the NFL because his personality's too big is so lost on reality. And God bless him. We're all this way as former athletes. We all think that the coach screwed us. Somebody screwed us. There's a reason. There's only one reason Cam Newton's not in the NFL anymore. He can't throw a football. His shoulder is shot. Sorry. But they drafted Mac Jones. At 15. Hey, take a listen to the players who went before Mac Jones. Trevor Lawrence. And Zach Wilson. He wouldn't have drafted Zach Wilson. Does anybody think he would have drafted Zach Wilson? No chance. Uh, Trey Lance, Kyle Pitts. I mean, the, the, it was a bad year because the COVID year made it really hard to tell who was any good. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Panay Sewell. Hey, Devontae Smith. You know, maybe Justin Fields he would have taken. But it was a bad quarterback draft. The best quarterback was Trevor Lawrence. But again, it's not just about the first round. It's also about the second round. Right? Because you end up going with, didn't they move? I think they moved up to get Christian Barmore. But my point is that if you look at the New England Patriots, if you're just honest with yourself about the Patriots, that guy's an unbelievable football coach. Okay. He gets there his first year, they're five and eleven. The next year, they go eleven and five and win a Super Bowl. And everybody's like, man, that was Tom Brady. Dude, Tom Brady didn't do any, he just didn't lose the game and he had one great drive in the Super Bowl. Following year was the only year after the Super Bowl, the only year with Brady that they were below 500. 14 and 2, 14 and 2. 10 and 6, 12 and 4, 16 and 0, and also bitten by the injury bug, right? 16 and 0 team, losing the Super Bowl, everybody back the next year, 
Randy Moss, the best wide receiver maybe in the history of the sport, probably second to Jerry Rice if we're honest with ourselves, right? Tom Brady gets hurt, doesn't play. And they still win 11 games. So, Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. I'm totally okay saying Brady's the most accomplished. You want to call him the GOAT? That's fine. But what if, you know, like you envy these, you don't envy anybody's relationship ending, but did you guys see the the video of Demi Moore and Bruce Willis from, I think, New Year's? You see any of it? Like they're all in their Christmas pajamas and they're all remarried now and they're like a modern family. And here's Demi Moore with her ex-husband celebrating New Year's together. Like, that's pretty amazing. Right? And you see this sometimes. You're like, hey, me and my ex-wife, we take kids on a family vacation together and we go with our... Does it happen all the time? No, most times it doesn't happen. And there usually is some time between the breakup and that. Right, because everybody can, wants to... You can to, evolve You want to win the divorce. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to win the divorce. Right? And, I mean, Brady won the divorce in year one. Now, look, the Brady thing, it slowly fell apart in Tampa. But Brady clearly won the divorce in year one. And then all of a sudden, like, you get to the, you know, that was, there was a reason that you loved her or you loved him. There's a reason that you were together for two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever. Do you see Zach Brown got divorced after four months? I mean, I guess, like, if you're going to call it, call it. He has five kids from his first wife anyway, but four months? It's fast. I mean, like, you're on the honeymoon, you're literally in the honeymoon stage. Must learn to put the seat down, bud. Anyway, um, is it possible that Belichick and the Pats come to some form of at least outwardly amicable divorce? I mean, look, that's what happened with John Gruden and the Raiders. John Gruden was traded from the Raiders to Tampa, beats the Raiders in the Super Bowl, but ends up circle back. He was the coach of the Raiders until some emails end up doing him in. It doesn't happen often. There is some time in between. There is a lot of bitterness, right? Because we all want to go out in our own terms. You know, and you do get to a place when you're married where you're like, you know, I, I just thought I was going to grow old with this person. And now I'm not. Now I got to change all that stuff. The good news is all your old jokes are funny again. The bad news is you, you don't know anything about the history and you can't point to things 20 years ago that are still funny to you. Divorce sucks. Relationships breaking apart sucks. Even in sports and in business. I mean, I can tell you, like, in business, how many places have you worked, uh, Jason, where when you left, either you were bitter or your employer was bitter. And now you circle back to, like, you know, that was an awesome time. I mean, I can, I was never bitter. I left ESPN. I was never bitter at all. And there was no bitterness. I mean, they offered me a five-year contract that I walked from for for a, a, a couple different reasons. And then you, we went through the process and I've told people this, like not anyone specifically, but what happens is when you go somewhere else and you're having fun, you're doing something different, people hate on you because well, they wish they got the lifeboat, right? I, th- I think that's where the ugliness comes in, in our industry and in the NFL and that. And in marriage too. They might divorce surface. Because like, like when the guy goes and marries the woman half his age, then they're like, ah, right. you know? But what you're referring to is like in sports, it typically is amicable 
on face value. They both have their statements and everything's fine. It typically is the follow-up, the sourcing of the agent of the person that was left and the sourcing of the team that that it gets really kind of ugly. And then books are written and stuff like that. This is such a unique thing. And it was almost, to me, like Robert Kraft, I think, could have done his fans a service if he would have said, you know what, we are going to part ways so that at the very least they could have said goodbye to him last week. Um, to think that this might be the last game that Bel- Belichick coaches on the road against the Jets or whatever, um, it just doesn't seem well, it, to but serve it is, the fans. It is apropos, though, right? He hates the Jets. He hates the Jets. Well, he was the head coach for a day. Is that right? Yeah, yeah about. It's like a day. They traded for him. I actually think it's an apropos ending, right? That here's what's going to happen. They're going to win. It's going to screw up their draft again, right? He's going to outcoach the other guy, Robert Sala, who everybody was in love with. And you're like, you know what? He's not really that good a coach compared to Belichick. And um, and and so what will what, happen, right? It, it'll actually probably help the Jets in their draft position, but hurt the Jets. And, and he just likes sticking it to the Jets. It'll feel that's feels like a perfect Belichick ending. And did it his way with with Zappy, who wasn't the quarterback he drafted, but he figured out how to, a way to win, win. His way with Zappy. Yeah. That just sounds pathetic. No, I mean like look, he he uh it's it's a bold move. It's Do you like saying I was wrong? I don't think anyone likes doing it, but Do you think an old man who's been really successful likes saying he was wrong? Nah. Okay, he drafted Mac Jones. That was his quarterback. Now he has Bailey Zappi, who he cut this year and brought back. Right? And I, by the way, I find it hilarious that all of these idiots are like, oh, I can't believe the Denver Broncos uh, asked Russell Wilson to wipe his, his injury clause. Like, the Patriots cut the guy and brought him back. He's making nothing. Peanuts. Nobody said anything. This is how the league works. Anyway, he's going to win a couple games. Bailey Zappi is his quarterback. The dude's an amazing coach. His front office work is ultimately, and the fact that they've never drafted that high, ultimately is undoing him. But the question is, can this relationship end amicably? Because it does feel like it's coming to an end, right? So what's the best way for it to end? You trade him to somewhere warm. Old people like to coach somewhere warm. They like to go move somewhere warm. That seems amicable to me, right? I don't really care about that. It would be weird because, you know, he's made the cutoff sweatshirt synonymous with him is if he's coaching somewhere that's warm or in a dome. You know, or in a dome. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. 
Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Dan Byer alongside Jay Stu, Iowa Sam with his UC Santa Barbara hat, Gaucho love. Shortly after the show, our podcast will be going up. If you missed any of today's show, be sure to check out the podcast. Just search Doug Gottlieb wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to follow, rate, review, your, uh, and uh, subscribe to the podcast. Again, just search Doug Gottlieb wherever you get your podcast, and you'll get today's show. Plus, if you didn't know, after the show is over, that's at uh, 5 Eastern, we have a live one-hour podcast. Um, we call it the bonus hour in the bonus. But again, if you just download, if you just search Doug Gottlieb, you can find it. It's cool stuff. Let's welcome in John Middlecoff, NFL analyst and host of the Three and Out podcast. He's a podcast uh, guru. Uh, what's your deal with with Kalen DeBoer and Washington? Do you just love the guy or are you guys boys? Like, what's the history there? No, I've just uh, been following his career and I, I, I've been gambling on him over the last couple of years and he's been very lucrative. So I, I'm a believer, also not a huge believer in Steve Sarkeesian. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate and I'm sure you do too. Guy who cuts his teeth in the coaching profession, driving the bus, winning NAI championships, starting in the mud, and turning into, you know, probably a top five coach in college football. So, you know, guy like Sark, born on third base, like Ryan Day, starts in USC at 27, plays DuBois and Grubb, a couple guys that started in, in the Dakotas, and, and we saw the outcome. And they're always an underdog. That's the other, it'd be one thing if everyone was anointing them, but no one gives them any respect. And they just keep beating everybody. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, there, there's a world there where you go, like, hey, maybe Oregon and Washington were, like, the two best teams. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I told Coward this the other day. If, if Washington, the last two years, and it's clear the Pac-12 has been pretty good, right, had the same exact record were going into the national championship, and instead of being Washington and Kalen Dubor were USC and Lincoln Riley, they would not be a four-point underdog. Hell, they might be the favorite in the game against Michigan. But because of the brand, and I, I do think he's just, at this point in time in his coaching career, is pretty unknown. I, I just think to the to the average guy, the average football fan, well, that's no longer the case and won't be after the national championship. But I, I honestly think, Doug, and I've been gambling on college and NFL football for a long time, 
they're one of the most undervalued teams I can ever remember. I mean, and listen, I missed on them in the in the conference championship game. They were a nine point underdog to Oregon. Won the game. I would say pretty easy. They were in complete control, start to finish. So they're just good, and they have. NFL wide receivers, NFL offensive linemen, NFL quarterback, NFL pass rusher, obviously good coaches. <laughs> they kind of got the recipe. Let's not act like Michigan. Turns out they didn't really beat anybody. Penn State's terrible. Ohio State's got some issues. The Big Ten's kind of down. Everyone keeps acting like J.J. McCarthy. I mean, we all watch a lot of college football. This NFL player, I think he's a solid player, but I, I, he makes me nervous. No, and Penix is big time, right? I mean, Penix made Indiana football relevant. Like that's how good that's how good that kid is. Right? I'm like, you're like Indiana, like yeah, Indiana. They almost beat Penn State that year by like one inch. They didn't they didn't beat him. Um, my thing on the you know confirmation bias of Michigan wins uh, is, and the SEC be, the SEC is a bit down. It's really down because of quarterback, right? I mean, that's that, that's that's the difference, right? Penix. And I mean, you know, Oregon's got a former SEC quarterback, and uh, I mean, Caleb Williams. Obviously, that was a disaster this year at USC. But the the difference is really at at quarterback, where that allows, frankly, Texas to compete. Allows that. That's I think that over the next you know five years, let's say we have no idea what it's going to look like more than five years, but there's going to be only about twenty twenty five teams that can compete at the elite level. And then the ones that are the non-Alabamas and LSUs in Texas, you got to have a big-time quarterback to get you close to that uber elite level. Yeah, for sure. And once you get that quarterback, then you pay the receivers and the skill guys, and you're off and running. And that's kind of you know what Washington's formula is. I, I earlier this year, probably mid-September, a buddy of mine who does the SEC was coming through Scottsdale. We, we got some drinks, and he said. He knows Saban and the Bama program pretty well. He's like, honestly, I think they're an eight and fourteen. He's like, this is the least amount of talent. So yesterday, when Saban, after the game, you know, sometimes when you have you know a loss in your historic program, you kind of hype up how good the team was. I don't think he was lying when he said this is one of the most amazing teams in Bama history. They had no business. This is easily None. their least talented team. Agreed. And, and, and they they easily could have won that game. I yes. honestly. Think less of Michigan, Doug. I well, mean, I, I, I here, really here's do. here's why I will. Give, I won't give Michigan a pass, but like they were crazy tight. I mean, well, yeah, that's the only explanation. The game, they, they're a good. They have good special teams. Th- that was a special teams debacle, and I mean, heck, even the last pl- last uh, punt of regulation. Like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here? Why so, did why did why did Harbaugh call his timeout with twelve seconds left? Why didn't he just go to overtime? What was he doing? I don't know. But uh, but that's hard. and listen, I'm a been following Jim Harbaugh since University of San Diego days as a coach. He just he makes you nervous in these big games because the team takes on him, and he's got you know half a thing of red man in his mouth. You just feel his tightness. Okay, in the regular season, they're they're so much better than ninety percent of the team, and clearly now they. They kind of have Ohio State somewhat figured out and are confident against them, but these playoff games—they they look like a different program. Okay, okay. So, so I, I want to flush something out here real quick. We're all convinced that the NFL wants Jim Harbaugh, and many are convinced he's going to go to the NFL, right? Um, yeah. And the the reason that it could still work, it probably still works, is because he's won in the NFL before. But 
he's a different guy now than he was when he was in the NFL before. And the, the league's a little bit different. And I fear that he's become a little bit more the traditional college coach. Now, I could be wrong because I, I do think that his ego is kind of in check when he lets his coach his coach. And, you know, I think he's a little bit more CEO figurehead and does a lot of kind of the technique teaching or whatever. But I like DeBoer just as well as an NFL coach. And the reason is he's a really good football coach and he hasn't been doing it at the high level long enough to develop that healthy ego that some of these other guys have. And you can't have that when you coach in the NFL. And what do they really value, right? The offensive explosive side of the ball. Where Harbaugh is, like you said, a little bit of a throwback, wants to run the ball, play defense, low score and comfortable in those games. Kalen DeBoer is trying to score 45 points a game. I think Almost to their own detriment, by the way, right? Yeah, almost to their almost, own detriment. It almost, it almost killed them. It almost killed them last night. They got, they got a little, to me, they tried to dance on Sark in front of the country, right? They, they, they really tried to blow them out in the fourth quarter, and they're running double passes like, guys, this is, let's just get to the next round exactly. survive in advance. And it, <laughs> it almost, I, I, they got a little unlucky, right? The running back gets hurt. The clock rule, the, you know, they get an extra whatever, 25 seconds, but Regardless, they they got a little tight at the end. I, I do think that Harbaugh, like, like John, very dependent on his coordinators. And when he has good coordinators, he just knows what he's doing. But he's not like there. There are going to be limitations. And uh, here's I what it reminds me of. So um, I'll I'll sell him out here because he's a good dude and he wouldn't deny it. Tim Hasselbeck told me this story that he was in Washington when Joe Gibbs returned to the Redskins. Yeah. And on offensive install day, they're in the wide receiver room and they're showing old tape of what they wanted to install. And the wide receivers were in a three point stance and they were looking around the room like, what are we doing here? Like we don't, no one does that anymore. And it took the great Joe Gibbs a while to kind of, Hey man, things have changed. And I, I think that's kind of what you're getting at with Harbaugh, which is like, I, I, I love it. It's clearly worked. You know, it's old school. It's play action. And running the football, I mean, that's what the Niners do. I mean, that's what the Eagles do. You, you do have to run it. But there is a little right. bit of, hey, man, we're 2024. We're, we're, we're spreading it out a little bit more and, and, and spraying it than, we're doing, than we used to do. I think the one scary thing, like if you really wanted to dive deep into Harbaugh's success the last couple of years, Connor Stallions, that's a real thing. Uh, the Big Ten, you know, Ryan Day no longer has Urban Myers players. They're not quite the same. Penn State is clearly, you know, a paper tiger. All these good recruits, they can't beat anyone who's any good. Wisconsin is down. Yeah, Wisconsin's I mean, down. It, Wisconsin's down. Michigan State is down. Right when yeah, he got Wisconsin there. Now, now some good. some of it is his rise has led to Michigan State being down, but Michigan State imploded, and that's a debacle. Yeah. No, no question. I wouldn't now, leave. Uh, I wouldn't leave. Would I would never no. why would you well, leave? You're gonna not. make ten million dollars and you have better players than the other team nine of the ten games you play. Well the thing is like Jim, you you're gonna be back here all the time. You you, you you get here enough, you're just bound to win a couple of these, right? Even if he loses on Monday. If I told you Jim stays the next ten years, what is he in the final four? Three of the next five years? Wouldn't you bet on that? Um y- yes. You know, let, let, and now this team, you know, texting with some people in the league, a lot of people expected to break a record for most guys drafted, depending on how many people declare. I mean, they, they got potentially 16, 17 guys going to the pros. Now, 
you go, well, Georgia, Alabama, once you get a thing rolling at that level, it sounds crazier. Than yeah, but but the they're not they're up. not built like Georgia and Alabama, and times have changed. It's really hard to replenish. Look at Georgia this year; they were good, not the same. Alabama's good, not the same. It's it's harder because yeah, everybody has money and everybody wants to spend it, and it's no longer about how many championships have you won the last ten years. It's about how much NIL can I get, and then of course about you know style of play, relationships, stuff like that. Let me quickly get to the NFL. John Middlecoff, our guest, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. Um. Look, the the Eagles' defense is catching a lot of heat. But, I mean, Jalen Hurts went from a guy that we're like, ah, not sure about, to MVP. Um, I know they have a new play caller. I I know he's been a little bit banged up. Are we sure none of this is on Jalen Hurts? Well, he hasn't been that good this season. That's what I'm saying. What he was last year. So, yeah, what was the... uh... You know the difference in yardage in that game was like almost like five hundred to two fifty or something. I mean, it was it was crazy. The Cardinals thoroughly outplayed them. Yes. Like if you watch that game start to finish, Kyler was the best quarterback on that field. Much more explosive, more explosive arm. Uh, listen, the, the 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 change in coordinator has derailed the Eagles' momentum offensively in games. They they just don't look the same. And clearly, the quarterback hasn't played as well. Defensively, to me, they've got the same players last year. They're just older. They're just not as good. Uh, but yeah, offensively, they're clearly not as explosive. You know, they're going to end up playing probably Tampa. It's hard to see them losing, but it's definitely possible. I, they could be a one and done team. And I think big picture, we know this from following sports for a long time. Hard to fire players that are under huge contracts. So Jalen Hurts is safe for several years. I think the Sirianni thing could get weird fast. Yeah, he yeah, actually he that, actually had to answer a question today about his job security, which doesn't mean anything now, but next year it gets it gets super super interesting. Um where are you on the Dallas Detroit uh obviously the officials screwed it up, but do, do we put any of the blame on Detroit because they clearly tried to deceive Dallas with multiple guys looking like they were uh they were trying to be eligible? me to blame Detroit because ultimately the, they, they tried to throw off Dallas. They turned out they threw off the ref. But where I do push back on anyone going, they scored a touchdown. Well, I saw Jerry Jones quote, and he's right. We didn't know 68 was going to go out for a pass. You know, we, we they said 70 was eligible. So the moment they say that, of course they didn't cover a tackle. But no one covers Trent Williams or Lane Johnson. So I, to me, the result of that play you can't play that game the moment the ref screws up. Now, it's on the ref. They screwed. He screwed up. I mean, there's there's no way around it, assuming everyone's telling the truth. Issue I have, Doug, one, McCarthy at the end of that game, just run the ball. What are you doing? A lot like the Washington Huskies. Like, we don't need to overcomplicate this. Why is Dan Campbell going for two at the seven-yard line? That, that, well, okay. So, no, listen, this is a great point. I said that, and I was sitting – I was talking to a couple of uh, high-major basketball coaches this weekend – uh, we were all sitting around talking and they were like, you know, once you commit to it, you commit to it. And I was like, yeah, but the seven yard line, you know, now he was lucky. He got another penalty. So he, he got two, he got three bites at the apple, but I, I'm with you. That one felt, it felt a little bit reckless. Like, yeah, we're going to go for it. Like you're at the seven, just kick the field goal and, 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 and play it from, from overtime. Um, okay. The Ravens are going to get the one seed in the AFC. And he's won one playoff game. Is this team, is he demonstrably different? Is the offense demonstrably different where we can expect a better postseason? 
Well, I think he's a dramatically better player. He's much more under control as a passer. Uh, he's just much more under control as a player. To me, he's less reliant on running around. Not behind the line of scrimmage, which he's good at, but he's much less reliant on running down the field. He will scramble the pass, and their passing game is just better. I mean, Zay Flowers has been an incredible draft pick, right? For as bad as the Chargers draft pick was a wide receiver, this guy has been that good. So, you know, sometimes wide receivers, it's a coin flip. Sometimes you get Justin Jefferson, sometimes you get Jalen Rager. No one, it's easy for us to play the game, you know, six months later. But when you get the right guy, it changes your franchise offensively. And they did. And that guy's been, you know, like a mini, I'm not obviously Tyreek's like a Hall of Famer, but I mean, just a pretty special, quick, small player. And defensively, they're pretty special. I mean, they they punked the Niners, obviously, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Mike McDonald, their defensive coordinator. If if their defensive coordinator, the 36-year-old, was an offensive coordinator, he would be a lock to be a head coach. I mean, it wouldn't even be – we'd be talking about him like the the Lions guy. But he's a defensive coordinator, so he'll probably interview, but he's no lock. Their team – when Harbaugh gets these teams, when he's got the right coordinators and his quarterback's playing well – Home playoff games, it's cool, it's tough. They're a tough out. And, you know, assuming Buffalo wins, it's like it's it's not a lock they win the AFC, but to me, the pressure's all on Lamar and the pressure's all on the 49ers. I'd say anything other than the 49ers being in the Super Bowl is a disaster, and anything less than Lamar playing well would feel like a major letdown of when he feels like he's taking this big step. He's John Middlecoff. Three now is his podcast. Download it. Follow him on social media. He's the best. Johnny, thanks for joining us. Later, Doug. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.